0: This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network. Delivered by Domino's. Visit domino's.ca today.
1: It is week 11 in the Canadian Football League heading into Labor Day. Welcome to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. We are delivered by Domino's. You can check out all the great... Delivery and carryout orders at dominoes.ca. Big show for you today, folks. We're going to get into uh, fantasy football takes. Dave Dawson from the Onside CFL Fantasy Podcast will join me. Brad Sinopoli in Behind the Helmet uh, and Game Picks and our Performers of the Week. But also the biggest topic and most unfortunate topic that has engulfed the Canadian Football League and really the newswire across North America is the Art Bryles fiasco that has taken place with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and to talk about that, I wanted to bring in a special CFL Insider. Joining me now from TSN, he's the host of Naylor and Landsberg in the morning on TSN 1050 in Toronto and CFL Insider, Mister Dave Naylor. Dave, a pleasure, sir. How are you?
2: Very well, Andy. Thank you.
1: Well, I, I wish we were talking under more more pleasant circumstances. I guess, of course, the hot topic, not just in the CFL or Canada, even, but North America is the Art Briles debacle uh, with the Hamilton Ticats. Cats. Uh, offered the job, rescinded today. Um, just the whole situation to start off. What's your takeaway now that he won't be with the Tiger Cats? But how everything played out?
2: Well, I think the Tiger Cats misjudged the market mm-hmm. and. Look, the the story of Art Bryles and what went on at Baylor University is not one that's very well known in Canada. I think it's one people have some awareness of. The more of a football fan you are, the more your awareness is. But it's a very easy story to find. So even when this release went out and people who may have had no knowledge or some knowledge of it were very easy to dig up details, allegations on Art Bryles. And it, the the story of Baylor, And it's a story that goes beyond the football program. It's a story that goes beyond the athletic department. I mean, it's not – it was a a systemic culture on the campus, and the football program was a significant part of that. Now, trying to separate allegations from facts where Art Bryles and the Baylor football program is is concerned, it can be a very, very tricky process. But I think the bottom line is somebody who is associated with a story where there was so much uh, abuse going on involving his players – uh, yeah, is it, tainted in the public's eye. I, I think in the Taiket's eyes, they believed. I think that Art Bryles was was guilty of naivete, uh, but not sort of criminal negligence. And I think when you know he gave them his version of events, you know some of which may have been facts that were agreed upon between him and the university upon his settlement in June of sixteen. You know they were willing to to basically take him at his word. They talked to people who knew him, but it was an awfully tough story to try to stem the flow of public opinion against. And I think that's what we saw on Monday.
1: Right. And the question is, okay, so June Jones, new, new head coach brought in as the assistant and then promoted. So naturally you bring in your own guys. That being said, with how uh, polarizing Art Bryles is, and you, you just wonder, even if he can, run the offense perfectly, Like the question is, is, is it worth it? And that's where I think the Thai Cats kind of missed the boat. Like, okay, we're going to get at least some backlash. Is it worth it? And in the end, I think they come off looking pretty foolish. Well, I
2: think you have to use logic here and ask yourself, why are they doing this? Okay? Yeah. They're an 0 eight team who wanted to bring in a 61-year-old who's never coached in Canadian football <laughs> in his life. Yeah. Now, does that sound like a way to turn things around? <laughs> <laughs> no, does It doesn't to me, and, no. I, and that's no disrespect to Art Bryles, but the fact is that you know his knowledge of the Canadian game, of the opposition, of the players in the Tie Cats would be zero. And he's a quality coach, and sure, you want to you want to add quality coaches, but you know wh- what made him worth the potential backlash?
0: And mm-hmm.
2: like, I think you got to look at, at his background and who he coached in college and who the Tie Cats are interested in. He was the head coach when Robert Griffin the third won the Heisman Trophy, and became the second pick of the NFL draft. And it's not that long ago. Right, Griffin's rights are owned by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He right now does not have a job in the National Football League. So if you were interested in bringing Robert Griffin III to Hamilton, what's an easier sell? Hey, Robert, come to Hamilton and and start your career. Or, hey, Robert, come to Hamilton and restart your career. And, oh, by the way, we have the guy who made you a star, the Heisman Trophy winner, that that. That, on which you built your ticket to the NFL. That's a much more appealing proposition for Robert Griffin than to come to play for a coach he may be less familiar with. So you know, I, I don't think they explicitly did it to try to get Robert Griffin necessarily, but I think that was a huge part of their thinking. And similarly with Johnny Manziel, who was recruited by Bryles to Baylor University, which is not far from Texas A&M where, where Manziel eventually ended up going whether it was Manziel or I think more likely Griffin, either of those guys, there was, I think, a strong idea that if we have Art Bryles on our staff, that's going to make us a very appealing destination for either of those two gentlemen.
1: In conversation with Dave Naylor from TSN and TSN 1050, Dave, what I have an issue with as well is not just the Art, Art Bryles briles hiring and then relinquishing itself. But the way it was handled by the Ticats, and, and not to dump on anyone in particular, but Scott Mitchell, I thought, handled this horrendously from the get-go and from saying at first um, everyone deserves a second chance and that the league knew about it, then saying, well, they kind of knew about it. I'm thinking, well, if they knew about it, why is Randy Ambrosi driving down the middle of the night to Hamilton to, to discuss this? Does somebody need to pay with their job uh, with the tie cats, after all this, because the owner Bob Young, uh, caretaker Bob, from the the, the, the tweets and statements, uh, doesn't sound too pleased.
2: Well, I, from what I understand, and I have no reason to believe otherwise, Bob Young was fully briefed on Art Briles, hmm. you, you know who he was, what his situation was, and why the team wanted to hire him. Right. And and I think Bob on Monday night was reacting to the reaction he got, and he's active on Twitter. Yeah. So he would have got his share of first-hand <laughs> reaction. I mean, from what I understand, you know, this was not Scott Mitchell going rogue on his owner. But, right, that Bob, right. Bob was, was fully in step, and, and his reversal, you know, kind of lines up with the reversal of the organization as a whole. In the case of, you know, informing the league, okay, teams are not under obligation to of the league when they hire coaches. The league does not approve coaching contracts the same way it does approve player contracts. Mm-hmm. That said, if you're going to hire a guy that you know may fly at least uh, somewhat in the face of the brand that the league is trying to create, you know, fan-friendly, you
1: know,
2: family-friendly. You know, there's a motherhood element to the Canadian Football League that doesn't exist in in other major professional sports. So when you know you're going to hire a guy who who has some things in his background that aren't necessarily going to be consistent with the messaging the league is trying to put out, yeah, it behooves you to call the commissioner and say, hey, we're thinking of doing this. From what I understand, I think there are some regret on both sides of that conversation. And by that, I mean I think Scott Mitchell in his comments today acknowledged that he needed to be a little more forthright about Bryles and his story and how close Hamilton was to actually making an announcement to hire him. And I think on the other side, the commissioner I, – I, like. I it's one of those things that if you didn't have reason for it to grab your attention, Mm -hmm. you you may not sort of drop everything you were doing to focus (laughs) on. From what I understand, you know, that Randy Ambrose, was made aware. He he wanted some time to, you know, to look, to study the issue, mull it over and whether or not he knew they were going to announce it on Monday, I think there may be some broken communication there. Bottom line, I think both sides see lessons to be learned in the handling of the communication between the Cats and the commissioner on this one.
1: Well, yeah, I, I completely agree. And with June Jones seemed uh, upset, uh, that might be the word, with the um, speaking today. Uh, now, again, you're, you're the new head coach. You want to bring in your guys. Does this – Undermine him? Does this do anything negative to to start? Because already, you ha- hey, you have a new coach in. It's Labor Day. It's supposed to be big celebration. Now you have this huge cloud over it, and it was his guy. Well, what does this mean for June Jones as the head coach of the Tie Cats?
2: Well, June Jones, as he said today, has a forty-year friendship with Art Briles, yeah. so I don't think it's surprising that he sees the good in Art. Bryles, sure, sure, and would certainly be one who was willing to take Art Briles' version of events there, uh, in in terms in, in, in as opposed to, to some other versions of events Mm -hmm. that allege, you know, much more uh, negligence. So, you know, I I don't know that it necessarily reflects on June Jones as a coach uh, because it wasn't like he, he he said, Hey, there's this guy out there. Let's go get him. I mean, they had a long-term friendship. Right. Uh, Certainly it would have had to be improved by both Scott Mitchell and Bob Young. And, and, and frankly, as the coach, you know, it, June Jones has one job, you know, to win games for Mm -hmm. the Ticats. And, you know, the the sort of moral compass of the organization, that that tends to come from the president's office or the ownership. You know, coaches are paid to win games. And as I often say, if, you know, assembling a football game team was about assembling the best human beings Hmm. who were available, um, you know, the team would have a different composition. But it's not. It's about winning. That's how coaches are hired and fired. So I don't think you can necessarily – Blame June Jones from wanting to get the bat guy who he thought was the best available, or the guy who would help him land a, a player like Johnny Manziel or Robert Griffin III. Uh, you know, I think I think the judgment on on how far it got lands more on Scott Mitchell and Bob Young, and and June Jones was really trying to make a football decision to improve
1: the club. Uh, last one for you here, Dave. So, how do you think this plays out over the next little while? Does this eventually, after Labor Day, kind of? go away, browse isn't with the team, and it, it fades into the background? Or, again, does someone have to be the fall guy? Does someone have to pay and, and ha- so the fan base, the community, can point and say, all right, something was done because of all this?
2: I think the Ticats definitely have a, have a problem in the marketplace right now. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I don't live there, and I, and I don't talk to people in that city, so I, I, I couldn't tell you whether or not, you know, there are people screaming for Scott Mitchell's head or, sure. or, or that kind of thing. Look, I, I think there's all kinds of reasons people aren't, Hamilton, aren't, aren't happy in Hamilton. One, the team is 0-8. Two, they tried to bring in a guy that nobody wanted to, wanted to have a part of. I, I, I think that the, the Art Briles story is probably over and is probably not going to be something that we're talking about three weeks from now. The Ticats certainly aren't going to be bringing it up. No. But this is an organization that you know has the league's highest-paid player on the bench in Zach Caleros. Doesn't really have an answer at quarterback beyond him. They haven't won a game. The guy who was considered one of the premier coaches in the league, you know, gave up coaching two weeks ago in Ken Austin to be replaced by a guy who hadn't coached a day in the CFL in 30 years until he joined them about a month ago. So I'm not sure that, that just, you know, and again, Bob, from what I understand, Bob Young and Scott Mitchell are very tight and this whole thing may have strained the relationship a little bit. I don't know, but I I don't think it is going to lead to the demise of Scott Mitchell. And I think. the things that will probably satisfy or unsatisfy the Ticat fans at this point are are pertaining to putting the organization back together and on the right track. And if Scott Mitchell can't do that, I think there will continue to be pressure on him and pressure on Bob Young. So they're, they're both under a lot of pressure. Um, You know, if you're going to fire Scott Mitchell, you better bring in somebody who's got a vision to fix this because, you know, it it certainly needs this. And yeah, there was, I thought I thought Scott handled his apology, if I could call it that, today fairly well. Um, you know, I, I thought it was certainly better than, than than the defense he tried to make of hiring Art Bryles the previous
1: day. Yeah, that was uh, it, but, um, but
2: it was ridiculous. But but you know, you know, the, the CFL is is historically been a league of second chances. I understand why he was trying to sell and saying, hey, you know, we don't believe that when somebody makes mistakes, they shouldn't be allowed to work again. And, and traditionally, that door has flung wide open in the CFL. But, you know, I think where a coach is concerned and, the, and a story that is as dirty as the Baylor story was and so murky to try to figure out, yes, mm-hmm. what somebody knew and what they didn't know. And, we, you know, we're in the post-Ray Rice era right now. You know, that's that's the other thing. I think the line has changed on that issue when it comes to football. So, uh, you know, I think Scott Mitchell made a mistake. I think he, he did his best to own up to it today. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm not of the opinion that he needs to pay for it with his job unless – and the unless would be this, unless his owner you know, wasn't fully aware of what the, what he was do, what he was planning to do with, with Art Bryles and who Art Bryles was and all that. But to my knowledge, Bob Young was fully briefed on the issue hmm. and was on board with it until sometime yesterday.
1: Dave, great stuff and excellent job covering this story. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. That was Dave Naylor, co-host of Naylor and Landsberg in the morning, uh, Monday to Friday on TSN 1050. And CFL Insider for TSN. And we're going to get to uh, back to football. We'll have the players of the week and game predictions. Uh, behind the helmet, Brad Snopley of the Ottawa Redblacks will be coming up as well. We'll be chatting with Dave Dawson from the onside CFL Fantasy podcast. So we'll chat with him, get your fantasy tips in. But to put a bow on this for now with this show, uh, to say it's a league of second chances from Scott Mitchell it has been in the past my take is this those girls those women at Baylor they don't get second chances to what happened to them and if art briles only knew about one assault rape whatever happened if he knew about even one they don't get a second chance so in my mind in this case why should art briles and the hamilton tiger cats with scott mitchell And everybody else who had involvement with that, I think, should be ashamed of themselves. And I'm glad they owned up to it. But I wonder what the fallout is going to be. So that'll be the uh, last we talk about the Art Bryle situation on this show for now. And when we come back, we'll get into, as I said, the Players of the Weeks, Game Picks, CFL Fantasy, and a whole lot more coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network football season is here and Domino's has you covered hungry grab any medium feast pizza for only 10.99 or dive into our delivery and carry out deals at Domino's.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza we have your complete meal including delicious side dishes and desserts check out our 7.99 mix and match offer that is something for everyone including two two topping medium pizzas mouth-watering pasta amazing chicken wings bread sides and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie see all this and more at Domino's.ca
0: You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to CFL Weekly. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening across the TSN Radio Network. You can get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. And folks, we are delivered by Domino's Pizza, and I love this deal. Four-topping large pizza for just $11.99. Can't beat it. Go to domino's.ca. Check out their side dishes and desserts, too. Great value at ca. Check it out. Okay, let's go to our Performers of the Week from around the Canadian Football League as found on cfl.ca. Leading the way, DeVaris, Daniels as the Calgary Stampeders rattled and rolled over the Toronto Argos. 23-7 was the final, but for Daniels, 114 receiving yards and two touchdowns. He was, he was dominant and he was able to, to bring a struggling Bull Levi Mitchell out of his shell a little bit, and struggling because of that shoulder injury, not 100%. But Daniels was his, uh, his go-to last weekend as the Stampeders uh, grabbed the victory. Next up, Nick Lewis. Thick Nick, brother! From the Montreal Alouettes. And what does Nick Lewis keep doing? He keeps breaking records, folks. That's what Nick Lewis is doing this season. Breaks another record to become the new CFL all-time record holder for career receptions previous total was 1029 by g roy simon lewis caught his 1030th reception to break the record it came from a six-yard pass from darian durant so a tip of the cap another record to one of the all-time greats and by underrated all-timers in nick lewis and last up deontay spencer of the ottawa Redblacks, and we'll get into the cfl fantasy talk a little bit later on folks but this is the type of guy who can be a part of the offense at times, but also gets you those valuable special teams, yards, and points. And that's what Deontay Spencer did uh, on, against the BC Lions in the Red Blacks 31-24 win there. So let's check the stat line. Deontay Spencer, seven catches, 61 yards. So you love a guy who can be a part of the return game also being an important part of Trevor Harris and the passing game. Right, That passing strategy is going through... Deontay Spencer. He led the team in reception. So 61 yards there, was handed the ball once for 13 yards, was able to take a missed field goal 90 yards out of the end zone, four punt returns uh, totaling 92 yards, and then three kickoff returns totaling 60 yards. So Deontay Spencer was all over the field, got you some valuable fantasy points, and well-deserved in the Shaw Players of the Week in the Canadian Football League. All right, let's get to the Blitz. And we'll begin with our Twitter poll here, uh, AndyMC81. You can get it on Twitter. The question is, which quarterback will have the best CFL fantasy game this Labor Day weekend? Which QB will have the best CFL fantasy game this Labor Day weekend? Again, you can vote at AndyMC81. Your options, Ricky Ray, Trevor Harris, Mike Riley, or Matt Nichols. You can, of course, tweet in your own if you think Bo Levi is going to do it. Think it's going to be Kevin Glenn. Maybe you're rolling the dice and think it's going to be Jerry football. Jeremiah Masoli. Who knows? With June Jones taking the reins there in Hamilton, and anything's possible, I guess. Uh, I just really, on a side note here, do not think that if the Hamilton Tide Cats are going to go with Jeremiah Masoli, it could be a change of pace, right? Like for Zach Caleros, he didn't forget how to be a great quarterback. He still is one. It's in his head, I think, and just something is not clicking right. But Jeremiah Masoli is not a franchise quarterback in the Canadian Football League. He's had his chance. He's not it. Terrific backup. A backup, a quality backup, what you want is for them to come in for spot starts and maybe take you a couple if there's an injury. He's been able to do that. But sustainable success, he just doesn't have it in my opinion too erratic inevitably he's going to turn the ball over he can be exciting he can catch a team off guard but long term he's not the answer but hey the question is who's going to have the best game this labor day weekend jeremiah Mazzoli's is on the table do you think it's going to be darian durant yeah, a little sparse on the montreal offense so that's why i picked ricky ray trevor harris mike riley or matt nichols you can vote at Andy MC81, Ricky Ray, the early leader in the clubhouse there. And at a BC, Wally Buono leaning towards starting Travis Lule to shake up the Lions. That report coming out now, the BC Lions on the bye week over this Labor Day weekend. But if you're going to make a switch, and I've been saying it for what, two, three weeks on this show, if you're the BC Lions, there is no time to be cute. To think, all right, well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna just try to get Jonathan Jennings out of his shell, and and go with him. He has not been the same guy since the beginning of the year had that injury. And all Travis Lule has done when he's been in that game, when he's come in this season, whether it's called from the bench or starting, is put up big points and give you a chance to win. That's all he's done. He has the right mindset to be a backup, so I don't question going back to Jennings when he returned from injury. But all of a sudden, the BC Lions went from being a 1A, B, or C team in the West to dropping to fourth place. Now at 5-5, and and look out! The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are 4-4, and they are surging. Winnipeg's leapfrogged you. Edmonton's up on you by four points. So right now for the Lions, you're four points back of Edmonton and Winnipeg, five points behind Calgary. The Rough Riders are two points back from you. And if they beat Winnipeg this weekend, they're tied. So for the BC Lions, you can't mess around. If you want to be a true contender, you got to go with Travis Lulley. And I think at this point, if he stays healthy, you go with Travis Lule and you stay with Travis Lule. Figure out Jonathan Jennings next year. Wally Bono's not getting any younger. If you want to win, your best chance right now is Travis Lule guy's relaxed he's poised he can distribute the ball guy is a gamer Luley's the way to go now he has a history of being injured injured if he does that Jonathan Jennings will get a shot but if healthy I, I think it's a no-brainer especially with the bye week you come back into September it's now post-labor day you go with Travis Luley and you're gonna have a beatable Montreal Alouettes team coming up west. Might be the perfect time to put Lule in. So uh, Buono says he's leaning towards Lule. We'll have to track to see if he actually does make that move. Okay, we're gonna take the break, get into some CFL fantasy talk with Dave Dawson, co-host of the Onsite CFL Fantasy podcast. He's going to join me still to come behind the helmet with the Ottawa Redblacks, Brad Sinopoli, and my game predictions for Labor Day weekend. A lot more coming up here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network.
0: This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. <laughs> CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN radio network. Delivered by Domino's. Visit domino's.ca today.
1: Welcome back to the show. This is CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. We are delivered by Domino's, folks. And guys, for just eleven ninety nine, you are you can have a four-topping large pizza. Get to domino's.ca right now. Check out all their deals, all their carryout options, dessert, side dishes, and that $11.99 four-large topping pizza. One of my personal favorites. Okay, guys. It is fantasy football time. And it's getting to crunch time now, right? We are Labor Day weekend coming up. They say this is when the real season starts. So I'm going out west. My guy got to know him well with his partner, Dan. uh, The Onside CFL Fantasy Podcast, Dave Dawson, joins me online. Dave, how's it going, buddy?
3: Good, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh, talking about pizza, I'm a guy who eats about 19 times a day, so that's a good way to start the show. <laughs> there you go. Uh, why don't we start to get some food?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you can go, hey, dominoes.ca, baby, right after we talk. Go get it. Go get some. Well, it's...
3: Sounds like they've been rolling the dominoes in Hamilton a lot uh, so far and this season, and I <laughs> the dominoes have been falling. But I guess uh, fantasy football-wise,
1: <laughs> probably not the topic to talk about
3: there, so why do we keep it on the field, right?
1: Yes, so. yes, we've had had enough of the uh, the off-field stuff. Now, we will start with the Ticats, though, fantasy-wise, looking at quarterback, because June Jones, um, there is football to be played, and he is benching Zach Calero's. Going with Jeremiah Mazzoli, I call him Jerry Football Dave, and oh boy, he's uh, he's a wild card, but he's five thousand four hundred eighty-eight or eighty-five bucks on the TSN CFL fantasy game. Do you like the value? Because we know how inconsistent and wild he can be.
3: Yeah, you know, looking at Jeremiah Mazzoli and watching him play over the past couple of seasons, he he almost reminds me of a little bit of a poor man's Kevin Glenn, the way he takes risks, and I think that. You know, we actually, it's funny, we had Jalen Saunders on the show a number of weeks ago, and we asked him about uh, his relationship with Zach Caleros, and he actually dodged around the question and spoke about Jeremiah Mazzoli for about really? like seconds to two minutes. So Dan and I kind of hmm. raised an eyebrow at that point, wondering exactly you know if we might see Mazzoli in the future. And I know many people will look back to that conversation with Caleros snapping on Ken Austin on the sidelines, pointing up and to. The uh, into the box they're referring, we would guess, to Steph Patasic in some of the play calls. So, uh, you wondered when, maybe, if things started to continually fall apart that the Cats might go with Jeremiah Mazzoli, but I think that fantasy-wise, fantasy value, what you're going to get out of Mazzoli, and what we've seen a lot of Caleros this season is some of the happy feet, almost almost what we've seen out of Drew Willie in years past. Right. It's confusing because Caleros is usually such a confident passer, so you know if you're 0-8, you may as well roll the dice and try it. So what what you're gonna see out of Mazzoli is probably take more risks and shots downfield. And in situations like that a Jalen Saunders does become far more valuable. So Mazzoli's gonna use his legs more too. So why not, right? (laughs) Spend
1: the money elsewhere. Week
3: in and week out, you never know what you're gonna get out of the Argos defense. So I think that with it being at home, Mazzola coming in, you know you might get three touchdowns, three picks, but you're probably going to get some of those downfield shots.
1: Right, and as you said, kind of that dual threat with the with the legs. Fifty four hundred bucks for Masoli. Uh, now we we look at top of the quarterback. Still, Mike Riley at fourteen thousand dollars. Edmonton Eskimos, though, they Oh and two in their last yeah. two. Riley with a stinker. Listen, I'm not saying Mike Riley is still not the best QB, but for those who spent fourteen thousand bucks and got that output last week, ooh, that hurts.
3: Yeah, I think that uh, well, and everybody's allowed to have a chink in their armor once in a while, as they say. I remember Dave Dickinson rolling that line out last year when they were down at halftime. Well, we got a chink in our armor, and I think Mike Riley, week in and week out. I mean, he's a, the arguably the MOP this season right now. Sure, is, uh, Mike Riley is head and shoulders above everyone else for consistency and his ability to just win games for you. So I think that going up against the Stamps defense at home, yeah, I might be a little bit more hesitant than Mike Riley again this week, and not to say that. You know, getting aside from the Edmonton Eskimos, are they for real or not? I think we'll keep that conversation mm-hmm. aside for now. But just fantasy value-wise, I'd probably pass maybe on Mike Riley this week. I think you might get better value out of a couple of other quarterbacks. But even in saying that again, Riley, he, he lives for the big game. And slavery. matchups are big games.
1: And, so, and it's an important one in the standings, too. Like, this isn't just rivalry match. This is important for the actual standings.
3: And we've said before on a number of different hits across TSN Radio, across Canada, that we do weekly, that Riley, very rare, like other quarterbacks, is going to keep the ball in the red zone, and he's going to ram it in there for you, as opposed to backup quarterbacks who come in and do the dirty work. So, hmm. Riley, you're going to get that touchdown. So, as much as you want to maybe pass on Riley and take a risk there, you still got to keep in mind that if it's going to be a dirty, grinding type game where there's going to be red zone opportunities, Riley might end up with 220 yards passing, and three rushing touchdowns. Right. Yeah, right? The 20- yeah. That's why it's always hard to pass on him every week.
1: In conversation with Dave Dawson, co-host of the CFL Fan- uh, Onside Fantasy Podcast uh, on Twitter, at Dave Dawson and the number seven. So, uh, one last thing on quarterback here. And... So who are we taking this week, Dave? Like, I'm I'm running down. You see what Matt Nichols, second most expensive against Saskatchewan. Boy, that Rough Riders defense starting to look for real last couple of weeks. Some big takeaways. That makes me a little nervous. Trevor Harris into Montreal. That Alouette's defense, quietly effective. Bow Levi Mitchell with that injured shoulder. Uh, and then you have Ricky Ray against Hamilton, which is... Complete disarray. We really, off the bye week, have no idea how they're going to perform with all these distractions from Art uh, Is, is where, if, you, if you're if you plugging in your lineup right now, where are you going QB?
3: Yeah, if I'm plugging in my lineup right now, I was going to say, you and I had a conversation on the weekend there at the uh, Fantasy Sports yeah. in Toronto about, don't sleep on the Red Blacks. Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about all these other teams and the Red Blacks continually are putting up points. The Alouettes have had to do some juggling this week due to the ratio. I think that they may be expected more of Sam's as and he hasn't performed to the level that they would. And the tough thing is only two of eight teams have practiced so far this week because of the matchups on the weekend. So yeah. it's difficult to find out where a good spot is to fit here and there. But I think Trevor Harris with some of the defensive shuffling with the Alouettes might be a good pick. The other one I'm looking at and a number of people, I know with the way Matt Nichols has played this season, everybody's talking about it. he's such a surprise. He was a game manager and now is he in conversation for the upper echelon quarterback? Well, the other side of the field, you, you can't forget about Kevin Glenn, who the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have been outstanding at home. I mean, yeah, yeah. They've, been, they've been outstanding at home. So I might look at Kevin Glenn as a guy hmm. that I would think could have a pretty good game. But again, theres I don't think there's any clear cut above winner. But the other thing I'm going to look at, and I'll finish it here since, in that the quarterback conversation, considering that you're in Toronto, <laughs> that Ricky Ray... The last time he played Hamilton, what happened? Over 500 yards. Oh, yeah. Who did he have as his main receiver? Devere Posey. He's back, and I think that uh, he'll be a big feature in that game with some of the defensive shuffling that Hamilton has done as well. So I think quarterback-wise, yeah, there is no head and tail winner, but if you're looking at two to six the way we rank them, yeah. I'd probably have Ricky Ray pretty close to the top.
1: Okay, I'm just plugging in Ricky Ray and Devere Posey. <laughs> Boom. Nice value, too. Just over 3300 bucks for Posey.
3: That kind of almost... I looked at that and had to do the old rub the eyes and take a look again and refresh the browser and take a look again and go 3300 bucks at Devere Posey. I mean, this is a guy that first three weeks led the CFL in receiving yards before he went down with an injury. And all things considering, last week he got frustrated at the end to a dumb penalty. But Devere Posey still average of 10 targets a game from Ricky Ray, right up mm-hmm. there with S J Green with the top receivers in the Canadian Football League. Last week he had Tommy Campbell in a matchup, and any guy – Who's faced Tommy Campbell, you'd wonder, is he even on the field? Is he there? Hello, <laughs> Didier, where are you? So this week coming up, I think against that cat secondary, you might get a heavy dose of uh, DeVere Posey.
1: Yeah, and uh, before we wrap it up here, Dave, sleepers. This is where, of course, listen, everybody can go Mike Riley, and you can go Jerome Messam, but the sleepers is where you can win your league and win the week. Who are you liking sleeper-wise this week?
3: Yeah, I think that looking at kind of some of the rosters here you go game by game by game The one of the blue bombers confused me because they rarely use clarence denmark and the last week he was through the roof so it's really hard to kind of pick uh, one of the players from that one but a guy that maybe people are forgetting is coming back and he's valued at only $6,500 on on the cfl and tsn game this week is adarius bowman and he's oh. going to be back this week and also i like bj cunningham i think cunningham in a matchup with jarell gavins that might be a good setup for him so he could have a pretty good production
1: Interesting, and it's uh, and coming back for BC. Uh, we forgot to mention it'll be uh, Travis Lulay. Is that that's right?
3: Yeah, and I really like what Wally Buono did is announce the starter before the bye week, so it's not going to be distraction during the bye. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? So, Travis Lulay coming back, and that's going to be an interesting one to see what the Lions end up doing with their offense coming into of there because they've been like I thought a couple weeks ago they were going to start rolling through the CFL, but isn't that the way the season has been for uh, for parity and I guess for anyone who says this is going to happen, it's been, now the Eskimos have lost two in a row. So, <laughs> <laughs> as good as mine. But another guy that I think that we should probably not uh, disrespect this week is also Cameron Marshall. I think right. that uh, he, he'll probably line up pretty well. And I know that, uh, yeah, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, um, they've they, they defended the run fairly well, but the Saskatchewan Rough Riders play so well at home, so I think Cameron Marshall might be a good one.
1: And that's something to consider because he was held, though, to 37 total yards in the first meeting, but that was a different Rough Riders team, right? That's the tough part. you got to balance it. If you go too far back in the season, well, players evolve, situations change, and the Rough Riders are rolling now.
3: Yeah, I believe that was week one, I think, when yeah. they played last. So totally different team, That by then, the— Saskatchewan Roughriners weren't adding in that healthy dose of the run game, but mm-hmm, now they've mm-hmm. committed to it fairly well. And, and your boy Declan Cross as well. I saw him 400 bucks again this week, so we talked what him he said. <laughs> he's going to be a low-target guy, but he's usually going to get a couple red-zone touches here and there, and why not for the heck of it? throw so in Julian Fioliganino's name, who sees a steady dose. Saw two red-zone targets again last week for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, so there are plenty of options for, uh, for pretty cheap guys this week, but I'm still kind of scratching my head over to Devere Posey and Adarius Darius Bomer. They're cheap prices, so those might
1: be two you want to look at. I've locked uh, in Posey. Click save so they cannot take it away from me.
3: <laughs> yes! <laughs> there
1: you go. Yes! And, w- and one more quick point with you here, Dave. Uh, for on the defensive side, there's a strategy we talked about in the TSN game compared to DraftKings uh, where you have to pick the defense. The CFL TSN game allows you to not have to pick the defense. Saskatchewan's D's been red hot but we've seen the numbers Matt Nichols has picked up. Do you go Rough Riders on defense, or are you looking at an empty an empty D slot this week?
3: Yeah, and the funny thing about the way that the defenses are valued, and I know that in some other formats, maybe people who are new to playing the CFL game and might play a few more on the NFL side, that yards have no difference. If Nichols throws for 600 and Glenn throws for 650 and the game is 22-21, you're still going to have a fairly high producing point side. So, yeah. But... Um, I'm looking at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders defense, and they they put up 20 points in the last couple of weeks in the, in the CFL and TSN games. So, I don't know if that strategy of not picking a defense is still a really across the board one. But what I what I think would be a good idea when you're looking at defenses this week is taking a look at the games that are probably going to be lower scoring. and I think Winnipeg, Saskatchewan has always been up there for mm-hmm. 35, 40 points. But then again, probably we're probably going to see a good amount of turnovers on each side because Kevin Glenn, you do know, no disrespect to Kevin Glenn, but there's <laughs> almost a guarantee that he's going to throw one pick, especially yeah. against the Bombers in that week. So, and again, the Bombers are a tough defense to go against as well. <laughs> so either way, I, I think that there are some options there, but hey, why not throw a uh, – a quick plug to our rankings on uh, on-site CFL Fantasy. We'll have a release this week. You can subscribe to those, and we'll tell you exactly which ones to pick and which ones not to pick.
1: Excellent. Dave, I wanted to yeah give you a chance to tell people, because getting to meet yourself and Dan at the Fantasy Sports Show in Toronto this past week was phenomenal. You guys do an awesome job on your show. So for those who don't know, tell them how they can know.
3: Totally, yeah. Had a lot of fun hanging out with you there. So you can check out all of our stuff. At, uh, we're at on-site CFL Fantasy at CFL Fantasy F T V on Twitter. We do weekly articles on 3 where you can check out our sleepers and value plays. We post two podcasts a week on Monday and Wednesday, one with an interview and one with our weekly matchups. We go player by player, by position by position, break down every game and tell you stats and targets and percentages. And you can also subscribe to our weekly rankings that are available on 3 as well, but rank receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, and defenses.
1: Love it. Absolutely love it. Dave, thank you so much, We'll let's do it again soon.
3: You bet. Anytime,
1: man. That was Dave Dawson from the Onside CFL Fantasy Podcast. Again, follow him on Twitter at Dave Dawson and the number 7. We'll take the break. Come back to wrap up the show. You're listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carry out deals at Domino's.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal, including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our 7 dollars mix-and-match offer that is something for everyone, including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at Domino's.ca.
0: You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN radio network.
1: Back to wrap up another edition of CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Final results, or ongoing results, I guess, for the Twitter poll. Has Ricky Ray leading the way? in which quarterback will have the best CFL fantasy game this Labor Day weekend? Your choice is Ricky Ray, Trevor Harris, Mike Riley, or Matt Nichols. Ricky Ray, then Harris, Riley, and Nichols so far. Again, you can vote on that at AndyMC81 on twitter all right it is time again folks for behind the helmet and it's our first trip to the nation's capital this season the honor goes to wide receiver brad sinopoli of the ottawa Redblacks. brad how's it going bud excellent how you doing i'm doing well so this segment is so that the fans get to know you better from around the league get the personality out of you a little bit so uh i'll ask you lots of hard-hitting questions you ready Awesome. Let's go. Okay. So you're from Peterborough originally, which uh, for those out west is uh east of, of Toronto and uh out in the, the the country area a little bit there. Outside of football growing up, what sport were you playing?
4: Uh I was huge into lacrosse, which is very natural around Peterborough. Yes, uh, but the Lakers. My, my favorite yes, that's right. My favorite was uh was lacrosse for sure. Both field and box.
1: You played both well, I I do the play by play for the Toronto Rock and on the uh oh, okay. and for the N L L so Love love lacrosse. Did you go to Toronto Rock games growing up?
4: I did. Went to a lot of them. Went to uh, some Buffalo Bandits games. Yep. So actually, you're probably familiar with a lot of Peterborough lacrosse players. And there's a lot of uh, guys. Oh yeah. Peterborough now in the NLL. So oh, it's yeah. great.
1: And, and there's the the, the <laughs> hockey crossover too. You know, like Gary Roberts, Adam Foot, back in the day playing all all close by. So um, that's right. No, it's it's great if you get it if you get a chance. Not that you'd ever find yourself necessarily in Saskatoon by accident, but <laughs> but the last two finals. <laughs> The last two finals we did out there of the NLL, unreal atmosphere. Like oh, the really? like the building was shaking. It was like at a Jurassic Park when the T Rex came. The water was shaking. It was nuts. <laughs> it was really cool. I imagine. Which I imagine. Uh, position did you play in lacrosse? Were you forward, defense?
4: Uh, yeah, I was midfield and in field. Um, played a little bit of attack, and then uh, I did some face offs through a box. And yeah, I was forward and box, and uh, yeah, just loved the game. Just nice loved running around. Loved the the toughness of it. It's great. Loved everything.
1: And you also love football, of course. And with the um, with the Ottawa Redblacks being in the nation's capital, Ottawa, beautiful city. What's your favorite thing to do in town?
4: Ooh, in town, um, it's probably just anything near the canal. Yeah, yeah it's just so beautiful. It's right there. It's so accessible. There's bike paths everywhere. So much new, Uh just outdoor activities. I guess so. Yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah, it's it's phenomenal, uh, Brad. So let's get to let's get to some food questions, man. You're six four 6'4", 215. Mm-hmm. That's where it's listed out on the CFL website. So you're a big guy, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You, you need need to eat, need that energy. What what's your your go to meal for for pregame and then after a big win? Do you have any go to meals? Ooh, gotta be
4: pasta. I'm cooking some right now. Oh,
1: <laughs> all right.
4: Some, some yeah, some crab going. Uh, I got some nice pasta cooking right now. So probably pasta, just because of the Italian heritage. I was. Raised on pasta, no matter what <laughs> time of day you can eat pasta for breakfast, lunch, dinner. So, um, yeah, seafood pasta—that's my go-to
1: seafood. So, are, do you fancy yourself like a cook? Like, are you, are you a Master Chef Gordon Ramsay guy, or?
4: Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> say I'm the cook. I, I usually get it from a nice spot down the list, but uh, I try to cook it every now and then. Just scallops are really hard to cook. Uh, cook perfectly, so that's the tough thing.
1: I, f- I find the scallops—they shrivel up into nothing.
4: Yeah. See, that's you need that's like a hundred of them. Trying to find that balance. Gonna, I'm not trying to undercook it. I don't want to get sick, but I also don't want to overcook it. It's a very tough thing to do.
1: It is. It is. I, I agree. The scallops, uh, hot scallop talk here on on CFL Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, road trip wise, I always try to ask the guys outside of uh, being in Ottawa. Obviously, where's your favorite spot to road trip when you're when you're out there and, and traveling? What cities do you like?
4: Uh, right off the top, BC for sure. Love going there to get sushi.
1: Yeah. Um,
4: you know, great city too. And being from the east, you don't get out to the west too much so that's yep. always fun um oddly enough i i love going to regina honestly just the hmm. the game day experience um and the atmosphere there i remember when i was with calgary and and the quarterback we would always go for a quarterback meeting in the the day of the came and we would go to this old uh, breakfast spot every time and every time we go in there they would, they would wait for us each year to go in and, and henry was there obviously my first year and uh we'd walk in and it would be jam-packed and as soon as we walked in people would just start chirping henry and you know all this stuff and making all this noise i just thought that was the coolest thing and just all the people you know just everyone's just walking to the game and everyone's ready for game day so it's it's just a cool place to be
1: and brad you bring up the conversion from quarterback to receiver has having that quarterback mindset has that helped you develop as a wide receiver seeing the game differently
4: i think so yeah it's you know there's, there's a lot of little nuances that you, you kind of as a quarterback you learn that receivers have to do and um, you know, just in terms of zones, defenses, and all this stuff, and um, so I kind of I understood a lot of that stuff, and and I was you know as a quarterback, you're looking for receivers to do that, to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. It just was uh, a matter of being able to do it physically, and that was the one that right I was you know it was tough to do. There's a lot of little things that these guys have been doing for a long time, um, in terms of of receivers, and um, you know, but uh, luckily I was around a lot of great receivers I around St. Lewis and Calgary. Uh, you know, so I've been I've been fortunate to be able to see guys at this level and, and try to take as much as I can from them.
1: And I guess too, you can appreciate what you wanted your receivers to do, like finishing routes, you know, and 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 not giving up on a ball. So I'm sure I'm sure effort wise, you're always kind of conscious of that too, right?
4: Oh, for sure, yeah. Because <laughs> you know, that's the, as a quarterback, you're you're looking for that. So I made sure. Okay, when I make this switch, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing everything that I would have wanted. Yes, you know, guys to be doing so. Yeah, that's that's true.
1: What do you do in your downtime? You're not studying tape or anything like that, hobby-wise. What, what, and and I guess the maybe taking away the cooking that you mentioned. What do you do to relax and unwind?
4: Um, you know what? I'm just anything outdoors. To be honest with you, hmm. we're uh, yeah. I I mean I, I love camping, love going on hikes. We uh, I just recently got into this this thing called pack rafting, and it's. It's uh, a little raft that folds up into about three-four pound, um, about small size. You can put it in your backpack and you can hike it into anywhere. And, and it's a white water raft. So I'm right now. I'm I'm kind of learning some some stuff about white water and and you know kind of getting a little, a little stuff out there. But uh, huh. yeah, that was just being outdoors out, out west. I uh, found this little company that made this little pack raft and. Uh, it's a, it's not a very well-known, I'm sure you've no. heard of it, obviously. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I never heard of it. No.
4: Yeah. No, I know. That's what I'm i say. I say this to everyone and they're always like, oh, packraft. never heard of it. Yeah. So it's just this cool little niche, niche sport that I found. And I uh, just love being out there on the water. You know, you can, you can hike with it and, and then get in the water. You can fish, you know, all these things. It's just, uh, brings you to remote places, uh, but just with a kayak and your backpack. So it's really cool.
1: That is interesting. Yeah. Without the big bulky yeah. portage over your head. Huh?
4: Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and one final one for you here. As far as uh, games with the guys, like w- when you're on a plane or in the hotel or whatever, is it is it cards? Is it video games? How do you kind of pass the time when you're out with the team?
4: Uh, well, I'll say in the locker room we have uh, we have Bud Ball, which oh. is the biggest game <laughs> going right now, and it's it's kind of a cross between uh, tennis, soccer, um, a little bit of ping pong in there. It's it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a weird game to to describe but uh somehow that's taken over the locker room that's a big thing that guys play almost every day now actually we used to only play it the day before a game and uh now it's every day we go in there there's games going all the time so bud ball um yeah bud ball we'll we'll have to send you some videos yeah pretty cool
1: yeah well well, i'll uh, i'll tweet it out like is it um is it with a football tennis ball like it's with
4: a soccer ball actually soccer soccer ball
1: Huh.
0: And
4: it's uh, and we've got some weird rules in there that I I will admit we kind of make up as we go along, me and Greg, but uh, <laughs> you know so it's but that's what keeps the game unique and, and keeps it exciting. Too. Yeah,
1: interesting. Okay, so packraft and bud ball. Okay, two two new things for the <laughs> CFL weekly listeners to check out. There, all right. And, right. and and on Twitter, people can follow you at b Synopoly, Right. That's right. Yep. Great stuff, Brad. Thank you so much for taking the time. Good luck against Montreal. I appreciate it. All right. That was Brad Sinopoli from the Ottawa Redblacks. Big thanks to him. Okay, let's zip around Labor Day weekend game picks, folks. Ottawa and Montreal, I am riding the Red Blacks train here, folks. I think that momentum continues into Montreal. They will overtake the Alouettes. It will be lower scoring because of that underrated Al's defense, but the Red Blacks take it. Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, oh, boy, that's going to be an amazing battle. I don't know what to expect out of the Sask defense. But they're at home. I'm saying Saskatchewan breaks up the momentum from Winnipeg. Then Edmonton, Calgary. Go Edmonton. I'm banking on Mike Riley rebounding. Battle of Alberta. And then Argos, Ticats in Hamilton Labor Day. Till Hamilton wins a game, I'm not picking them. So Ricky Ray dominates again as the Argonauts beat the Tie Cats. All right. Thanks to all our guests. So for producer Joe Narsa, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio networks. Enjoy the weekend, folks.